This is Jay Barris of Sidley Austin with the Mutual Fund Minute. Today we look at the Securities and Exchange Commission's new money market fund rules and what they mean for advisors, fund directors, and investors. Money market funds dodged a bullet when the Securities and Exchange Commission declined to impose swing pricing when it adopted those final reform rules on July 12, 2023. Instead of swing pricing, however, the SEC has required institutional prime funds and institutional tax-exempt funds to charge a mandatory liquidity fee when redemptions hit 5% of net assets. While the SEC tightened liquidity requirements, it also decoupled liquidity thresholds from redemption gates and fees and imposed new oversight responsibilities on money market fund directors. With me today is Doug McCormick, my colleague here at Sidley, who avidly follows money market funds, uh, who's going to help us unpack the new rules and what they mean. Doug, let's first talk about the SEC's new money market fund rules and what they mean for investors and fund directors. What are the headliners here? Uh, we start with what the SEC did not do. The SEC did not require swing pricing money market funds a proposal that advisors and money market sponsors strongly opposed. Uh, that seems to be like a big win, but it didn't come without cost. What's the number two headliner? The number two headliner is the liquidity fee requirement. The SEC abandoned the swing pricing requirement in favor of a mandatory liquidity fee for institutional prime and institutional tax-exempt money market funds. This mandatory fee does not apply to retail money market funds or to any government money market funds. The mandatory fee would kick in when the fund's total daily net redemptions exceed 5% of the fund's net assets aggregated across all share classes. However, there is a notable exception, and that is that a fund is not required to charge a mandatory fee if the estimated costs of the redemption are less than one basis point of the value of the shares redeemed. But, but wait a minute here. This mandatory fee applies only to institutional prime and institutional tax-exempt funds? They account for less than, say, 15% of money market assets. What about the retail and other money market funds? The rule allows non-government money market funds to impose a discretionary liquidity fee of up to 2%, which they can apply even if a mandatory redemption fee doesn't apply. And a government money market fund may elect to be subject to the discretionary liquidity fee requirement. But the current rules already let non-government money market funds impose a discretionary fee today. Uh, so, so what's different? There is a major difference. The current rule links discretionary fees to liquidity asset thresholds. That is, under the current rule, a fund can institute a liquidity fee not to exceed 2% when weekly liquid assets dip below 30%. The new rule decouples the discretion to apply a liquidity fee from any weekly liquid asset level, and funds don't have to tie the liquidity fee to any level of redemptions. Well, this is getting pretty complicated. Are there any other conditions? The only real condition is that the board must determine that a discretionary liquidity fee is in the best interests of the fund. Sort of a more flexible discretionary fee, if you will. Uh, what's the number three headliner? 
The number three headliner is that the SEC increased fund liquidity requirements, or the amount of liquid assets they must hold. That is, money market funds must hold at least 25% of their assets in daily liquid assets. These assets are cash and instruments that generally mature or are payable within one business day after being sold. Similarly, money market funds must hold at least 50% of their assets in weekly liquid assets. These include cash, government agency discount obligations with short maturities, or certain securities that will mature or are payable within five business days. Doug, how is this different from the current requirements? Well, currently, money market funds must keep 10% of their assets in daily liquid assets and 30% of their assets in weekly liquid assets. So this is a big change. Let's talk about money market fund directors. Do these new rules create more work for them? Well, yes and no. Yes, in the sense that more regulation means more requirements and more oversight by fund directors. And this rule creates a lot of new work for money market funds. But in a shift, the SEC expanded the ability of fund boards to delegate responsibilities when it comes to mandatory and discretionary liquidity fees. That is, the board can delegate its responsibility for administering the liquidity fee to the fund's investment advisor or its officers. Of course, the board must adopt written guidelines that will specify how the advisor or officers must act with respect to any liquidity fee mechanism, including, say, whether a fund will apply a fee based on a shareholder's gross or net redemption activity for a particular day, and determining the details of how to measure asset flows for purposes of the mandatory 5% redemption. Well, it sure looks like fund chief compliance officers, advisors, and lawyers are going to be pretty busy over the coming months. The rules raise some interesting questions. Like, for example, what happens if a fund drops below its daily or weekly minimum liquidity requirement? Well, that's easy. The daily and weekly liquid asset requirements are measured at the time the fund acquires each security. So you don't fail the test if you drop below the liquid asset required minimums. The fund simply cannot acquire any new assets other than daily liquid assets or weekly liquid assets, as the case may be, until it meets the threshold. However, a fund has board reporting and form NCR filing requirements when its liquidity falls to less than one-half of the required levels. But one of the potential concerns that regulators had is what happens if interest rates turn negative? as that almost happened uh, not too long ago. If interest rates turn negative, it would be challenging at best or impossible at worst for money market funds to maintain a stable share price because a money market fund would start to lose money and go below a dollar. How did the SEC address this concern in this rule? In a change from the original proposal, the final rules will let retail and government money market funds use a reverse distribution mechanism if negative interest rates occur. This means that if interest rates go below zero, a money market fund could reduce the number of shares outstanding to maintain a stable NAV per share. This is sometimes referred to as share cancellation or a reverse distribution. The SEC approved these amendments by a three to two split vote. 
What about these rules did the dissenters not like? The amendments were designed to protect against shareholder dilution that occurs when some shareholders redeem their shares before others do. One commissioner said that the SEC, quote, has a habit of lurching from one side to the other side when regulating money market funds, end quote, without precisely identifying the problem it is trying to solve. Another issue is that the SEC adopted the mandatory liquidity fee requirement without floating the idea for public comment in a proposing release. The dissenters believe that the SEC should have obtained public comment about this feature. Well, many in the business are relieved that the SEC imposed the mandatory liquidity fee instead of requiring swing pricing. But as Commissioner Peirce noted, preferring a liquidity fee over swing pricing is hardly a ringing endorsement of the liquidity fee. Those commenters, she said, also likely would prefer one fly in their soup to four, but I suspect that most would check none of the above if given that choice. On that note, we wrap up our discussion about the new money market fund rules. This is Jay Barris of Sidley Austin with the Mutual Fund Minute.